1: Welcome to How To Tuesday this week. We're going to talk about control with a spinning rod and a good presentation. A lot of people call it the splashless cast. Okay, splashless cast is exactly that. You throw a jig, a shrimp, um, a crab, and you can actually make that thing land in the water with a spinning rod without a splash. Okay, some people are really good at it. Some of the best I've ever seen, Mark Croca, he's very good at it. There, there are a lot of great fishermen out there that that can really do this. And when you see somebody do it, it's it it is it is it's a beautiful thing. And when somebody can do it, um, very very consistently, they can be, they can be real, real, real aggressive with their presentation because they can actually make a, a live shrimp uh, land in the water with, with zero splash and they can throw it very, very, very close to the fish. And in order to do this, it takes a lot of practice. And a lot of fly fishermen think that there aren't, there, there's not a lot of skill associated with spin fishing and it could not be further from the truth. In fact, I would say this is way more difficult than a lot of fly casts. And in order to do it well, you need to practice way more than you need to practice, um, with a fly rod. And I know that because I have practiced that. Now, the good thing about it is is when you're practicing with your fly rod, you make a cast, you have to strip all the way in. Then you make another cast, strip all the way in. In that same amount of time, I could make five casts with a spinner rod. So the, the reps are very, very quick uh, compared to a fly rod. So you can get more practice in a shorter time with this particular cast. Now, I also want to say before we even get into this, that the splashless cast is by no means the only way to catch fish. You can throw beyond a fish and reel it to the fish. And that can be absolutely the best presentation. No question about it. And lots of fish are caught that way where you form an intercept intercept, and you throw the, you throw the bait or the lure uh, so far away from the fish that there's no possible way they could hear it. And then you reel it to an intercept point and you let it drop. Surf it in on them. That We'll go over that in another, in another podcast one day, but on this one, what we're going to talk about is a different type of t- cast where you are actually trying to throw very, very close to the fish. You're trying to make the, the lure or, or jig or bait land without a splash. So, you do not spook the fish, and the fish just kind of hears something kick on the water, looks up, and hears a shrimp dropping down. It is a beautiful presentation when it works correctly. It can also result in an atomic bomb of you crashing the shrimp into the fish, the fish exploding. And so for that reason you want to practice this a lot before you before you try it on on your your biggest bonefish of your life or your even a redfish or or a permit it can be they can be very very, very you can you can mess this up very quickly okay so in order to make the splashless cast what you're going to do is it is very important that the line have velocity okay you have to cast hard you have to cast hard so that you are under control. If you don't cast hard, the the line will arc and go out there. And in the arcing of the lure or the bait, where you see a typical uh, person throw and you see this big arc going out and the line's following and it looks like a rainbow coming behind the lure, you don't really have a lot of control over that because there's a tremendous amount of slack in the line. Okay? So... The line is going to hit before you can remove the slack from that. So in the splashless cast that we're talking about here, we're not talking about a real long distance presentation. This is probably going to be between 20 and maybe 50 feet. Okay. If you can throw a splashless cast at 50 feet, that's pretty good. Maybe 60 feet, maybe, you know, maybe 70, you're getting, that's really getting out there. Because in order to get to 70 feet, now you're going to have to kind of throw the bait up in the air and it's going to arc a little bit. And you're just not going to have the same control over it that you're going to have at 30 feet. Now, if you develop uh, uh, velocity with the line, then the trick is to throw at an angle that is low to the water and then change the angle of the rod while the lure is or, or the jig is in route to your target and then as you, so, so I would get ready for my, for my cast and I'm going to cast sidearm at a three o'clock angle. I'm going to cast sidearm almost parallel to the water, kind of at a downward angle, depending on how high I am. If I'm standing on a cooler, it might be a little bit, a little bit higher angle than if I'm standing on the deck of the boat or if I'm actually waiting. But it seeming it seems like standing on a cooler gives you a little swing, uh, where you can actually swing kind of at, at the water level, which might not be possible if you're wading. But if you're standing on a cooler on a boat, you can kind of make the sidearm cast. So I'm making a sidearm cast at at, at 3 o'clock. And as that lure is going out, um, I am going to take the rod and I'm going to move it to a 12 o'clock position. Okay, This is crucial because what's happening is the line is going out parallel to the water but then I'm going to stop the line at a different angle, which is 12 o'clock to, to, to the water. So the rod is now much higher, many feet higher, into the air. It, I cast almost at water level, and now I'm holding the rod, the reel around about my face level, and I have the rod up so it's seven feet above me. Okay? What this does is it changes the angle of your, your bait or lure or jig. Okay? So now let's talk about the position of my hand on the spinning reel. I have my index finger out, like I've got a, like I, like I got a gun, right? I got to do a toy gun with my, with my thumb up and my, and my, my index finger out. That's what I'm holding the, how I'm holding the, the reel. And the trick here is that you're going to feather the line with your index finger, and all this is happening at once, and this is why it takes so much practice here. You're casting hard. The lure is going out there very quickly at a high at high rate of speed. I'm simultaneously moving the, the rod to the 12 o'clock position, and I'm feathering line all at the same time. And if I do this correctly, it's going to go out there, and it's going to be about two or three feet from the fish. As I get to the 12 o'clock position, I'm going to think feather the line, and it is going to basically stop the lure or jig or bait about an inch above the water, and it is actually going to come to a stop in the air and just drop to the water. If that sounds hard, it is. <laughs> it is hard, and it takes a lot of practice. And when you watch a bass fisherman who is really good at pitching, and they pitch, and that lure it, it doesn't make a splash. It just lands on top of the water, even with the water, and it just it doesn't make a splash. And it goes in there, and it just looks like you dropped it from, from a, a millimeter above the water, and it just sinks under the water, okay? That's what we're trying to do here with this spinning rod at a bigger distance. The bass guys can do it with, with their pitching because they practice it so much. And they have a bait caster in their hand and they have real good control over the line, the speed of the line, and they can feather that line with their thumb very, very easily. And it just makes the most beautiful cast. And those guys can do it over and over and over again. You can give them a coffee cup and you can tell them, you know, hit that and they'll hit it 30 times out of 30 and it'll go right in there. And then they take five turns on the reel, boom! put it back in there again, five turns on the reel, put it back in there again. And they can literally do that 30 times out of 30. And that's one of the things that in order to be a bass fisherman at that level, they have to practice it that much. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you want to do this, this splashless cast, which is a very effective cast, and you can catch a lot of fish that are going to be very difficult to catch otherwise, you can do this, but it takes a tremendous amount of practice. So again, Sidearm cast parallel to the the surface of the water as low as you possibly can. Simultaneously moving the rod to a 12 o'clock position, feathering the line, changing the angle of that line and having it stop an inch above the water and drop into the water. That's what we're looking at. Now, let's talk about gear because gear can be, you can go out there with, you know, maybe your spinning rod that you have right now and it's going to seem impossible. If you're using old 12-pound monofilament, and, and, uh, it's, that's going to be a lot harder, in my opinion, than using um, something, something really good. I think the reels, the spool technology on the reels has gotten much better. It's smaller, uh, like the reels that I like to use, like a Daiwa Certate or a Daiwa MG, uh, uh, BGMQ. Those both have really nice spool designs for this. They have a lip on top of the, uh, of the, of the spool. That makes it an excellent place for me to uh, feather the line with my index finger and feel that line going out until I want it to stop. And all I do is apply just a little bit of pressure to the tip of that spool and it stops. Now let's talk about the line that we're using. Monofilament is not my favorite at all. It has stretch and when you stop that line hard, it continues to stretch and it can continue to stretch until it makes a giant explosion in the water. I like braid. I like braid with a fluorocarbon leader. I like Daiwa j Braid, and um, the pound test is important. I think if it's too thin, it's you don't have as much control over it as you would have if it was a little thicker. So I like 15 or 20-pound line for this, and um, and the thickness of that braid gives me a little bit more control over it. If you're using eight pound braid, it's easy to slip through your fingers. You don't have as much control over it, and you're getting so much velocity through um, on your cast that everything is happening so quickly. When you step up to twenty pound, you, you have more control over the line, and and you can easily throw it right in there. So I'll use a fluorocarbon leader. I use a J knot or a double uni knot from the from the fluorocarbon leader to the the 20 pound j braid and i'm going to put this on a seven foot Eight to seventeen pound, or six to twelve pound, depending on the, the 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 weight of the lure that I'm throwing. Mostly jigs and shrimp and crabs. Uh, also, if I'm fishing for bonefish versus fishing for permit, bonefish six to twelve pound rod, seven foot six to twelve pound rod. Uh, permit, I'm going to be using a seven foot eight to seventeen pound rod. And you can also do this with with other baits uh, with a heavier rod, like a ten to twenty pound rod. I don't do it with much rods. Uh, heavier than that uh, for for any reason you lose you lose a lot of the control over a heavier rod that you have with these lighter rods. So the six to twelve, the eight to seventeen, those are my battle axes. Sometimes I'll do it with a ten to twenty two, but mostly it's these two these two rods. And I'm going to do this cast for redfish, for snook, for permit, bonefish, tarpon, and uh, you know anything that I want to cast very close to and um, keep that kind of splashless cast. Okay. So, if you got the right rig, you got the you got the small reel, like the the Daiwa Certate, like a like a 3000 or 4000. Even a twenty five hundred for redfish, um, and you've pa- you've paired that with a nice rod. I like the Saint Croix, uh, inshore tournament. Those are really good. I like the Avid series. I like the uh, the extreme, the inshore extreme. That's the nicest rod. That's a really really nice rod, and it has uh, a great feel to it. But all of those rods, even the Mojo inshore, Mojo Salt. Those all of those rods are are great for this. In those in those actions, seven foot, six to 12, seven foot, eight to 17. Then you pair that with a, with a modern reel, which has a nice spool, like the ones I talked about. You put your braid on there. I like the with J braid and I like it 15 or 20 pound. You, it could be personal preference at this point. And then you're using, um, what you're using for, for, for your lure is also very important. So quarter ounce jig, uh, you're going to be able to get that to land very softly. A three quarter ounce jig is going to be harder. Right, It's heavier. It's going to move faster. It's going to want to splash. Quarter ounce jig. You can definitely do that. Um, a, a live crab by itself on a circle hook. Great. A, uh, a, a live shrimp on, on just a hook bonefish rig. You can absolutely do. That's what this is really intended for. So when you get the rig... And, and when you're practicing, you, can, you don't have to have a live shrimp to practice with. You can get a DOA shrimp. You can get a, a small jerk bait. You can get something that resembles the weight of a, a live shrimp, right? And that's what you want to practice with. You want to practice over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, over again, just like Marshawn Lynch says, um, because you're going to get about four or five of them and they're going to be great. You'll be like, oh, I see, what, I see what I'm supposed to be doing here. And then the next one is going to look like a nuclear explosion. Okay, so it takes a lot of practice. But if you can master the splashless cast, you'll catch a lot of fish and you'll definitely impress your friends, and uh, you will develop a lot more control over all of your casts. So, Your long casts are going to get better because you're practicing this, because you're developing speed and velocity out of the line. You're developing control over being able to stop the line. You're also uh, understanding distance and when you need to stop and how fast that line's moving and when you need to feather. And all of that comes into play when you're making a 60 or 70 foot cast too. You can stop the line. Now, you're going to have a hard time getting it to land as softly as what we're talking about, but you can make a great cast like that by stopping the line and, and reducing the slack and, and being tight to that bait almost as soon as it lands, instead of everything landing and the line just falling to the water and you've got 30 feet of slack in the line. Okay, so that's the splashless cast. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great cast. It takes a lot of practice. I'm sure you're going to have questions. If you do, 305-930-7346, that's the number that you can you can uh text me. And if you got questions, I'd love to hear how you're doing with this splashless cast and um and 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 if if I can help at all. That'd be fantastic. Um and we'll go over we'll go over the intercept cast and surfing it in on another podcast. That's also a great approach and and by some fishermen, the splashless cast is completely unnecessary and 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 they don't even want it because so often they want People do it and, it and it results in a bad cast. But for the people that are good at it and will do the practice, man, it can be so incredibly effective. That's the splashless cast. I hope you get it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week with another good tip. See you.